Morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Tuesday. Just checking. Hope everyone had an amazing day yesterday. Thanks so much for joining us and being back. It's an honor to be back with you again. I miss this for those that are joining us again. Today's uh, class is dedicated for the speedy recovery of Nasan Gavriel Ben Chaya, wonderful individual who's going through an operation today. May it go well and smoothly and quickly. Yesterday, we started to have this conversation about change. We're going to spend a little bit of time on change. Change is hard, which is why most of us don't do it for any long period of time. And I want to delve into it with you. And it may take a little bit of time, but change is hard. So we got to give it time. We got to delve into the, the mind of it, the neuroplasticity of it. But really, the change that takes place in our lives is that which drips, if you can picture it, into your emotions. The knowledge that you have only turns into change when if you can almost picture it goes through your mind and you you're um, and i guess it aligns with your emotions because the emotional capacity is what you have that will enable you to get through the neuroplastic connections that are telling you not to do something I was talking to someone recently and he asked for advice and I gave him what I thought was a tool. And he says, oh yeah, you gave me that tool last year. I did it for a few times and then I stopped. I was like, yeah, no, that's how it usually works. Whenever you have a new tool, it usually the way it works is you do it for a few times because your mind holds it. And as your mind starts to do something, it's new there's variety, there's freshness, it's interesting. That's why we like new things. That's why people are constantly scrolling. When you're in a conversation, that's why you're constantly thinking of doing something else because the mind loves things that are new, that are different. And as those neurological connections start to create, it gets boring. The work that actually leads to change is boring. Change takes place after long periods of boring. When you do anything in the beginning, it's exciting. Then your brain gets used to it. As your brain gets used to it, it starts to get better at it. You don't see any results because your brain is not forming. It's not translating into your actions, not translating into anything that you can really tangibly see, but your brain is working. That kid who's learning how to speak English it ain't translating anytime soon. The kid's still struggling over the same words for over a year. And then one day the kid wakes up and speaks English. Along the way, he's grasping, he's cooing, he's making, you know, cop, cop. And then all of a sudden, like, it starts to put the, the pieces start pulling together. Just think the way a kid grows up. It's forming. When he's one and he says like, you know, a half a dozen words or whatever. I don't remember what age that is. He's got all the hits. It's working. His brain's not resting. His brain's forming all these connections. The brain is hearing all the words and starting to make all the build. All the stuff is put, getting put together. Think of change like, like a train, like a railroad. Oh, like a train, like a subway from New York. Let's just do subway. It takes a long time. 
to lay all the track so that everything interconnects. So yeah, that the ribbon cutting ceremony, it's like, oh my gosh, there's a train. We built one car and there's one track that goes from 34th to, you know, the Upper West Side or whatever. And it was like, whoa, I can't believe it. And then you got to lay track underground forever. And it's boring and no one knows about it. It's under the ground and nobody sees any growth and it costs money. And then one day they flip the lights on. And you look at the map and you can get the whole city crisscrosses and diagonals and get the Queens and you can take the ferry from Staten Island and the whole situation, the underground, it's unbelievable. It's how it works. You want to change? It feels good in the beginning. You ribbon cut. Anyone do a journal the first day? You cut the ribbon. I can't believe it. I got my journal. You order it from Amazon. You got to get the one with the little... You got to have the thing just in case you get the pencils. At least I get the pencils. The lawyers that are listening, you get the pencils too. I don't know how we were trained to only use pencils. I don't know how that happened. I can't write in pen. I feel like it's too permanent. What if I make a mistake? And if you write in red pen, I once time watched somebody write in red pen. I was like, what are you doing? I one time, just for the record, for those, those who care, I one time wrote a, a memo, a note to my partner, my first, my first year of law, a note to my partner. I, I, I made a document, like it was like, you know, I wrote, I typed a document for him. It took me forever. It was like 15 pages. It must have taken me like, you know, a hundred hours. And on top of the document, I put a little memo, like, please check it out. Or like, you know, dear so-and-so attached to the document you requested. I only, I, it was late at night. I reached for a pen. It was in red. So in the memo I wrote, not the document, the memo on top of that, I wrote in red. The partner took the thing, walked into my office, put it back on my desk and said, I don't know what you're doing here, but you, you don't write in red. That was it. He didn't, look, he didn't read the paper. I had to go back, take it out, put it back in, find a black pen or a blue pen and go back and give it to him. He's like, what's going on, red? That's just how it works. But the first day you get it, the first day you get it, you cut in the ribbon. It's amazing. First day you get up early in the morning, the ribbon cutting ceremony. You're like, ah, I could do this every single day. Where was I? At some point, it starts getting boring. It's not fun anymore. You hate journaling on your 10th day. I can't keep on getting up this early. I can't keep on holding my tongue. I can't keep on eating right. I can't keep on, I can't keep on, I can't keep on. You know what's happening? Your brain is laying tracks. Your neurological connections are reforming and recircuiting and figuring things out. How am I going to adapt to this new world? How do I adapt to how I eat and talk and sleep? And what do I react to and don't react to? And your brain is now setting a whole new subway system called change. And in this subway system, it's going to be much quicker and better. You'll live better. And as your brain is going through all of the neurocircuitry that it needs to, to navigate you into a new world, the world called change, it's on the ground. And you don't feel like anything. So most people say, you know what? It's not working for you. I'm out. And as soon as you do that, there's still some remnants in your mind. Your mind still has those thin connections. You'll still remember you did it. You'll still remember why you did it. 
but what, what you'll lose is the emotion of it. And I want to sort of like delve into what this means. When I mean emotion, I don't mean like anger. I mean a state of being, your emotional state. Your brain starts to condition you towards seeing the world the way it now is being seen by the new you. And now it starts to restructure how you deal with the world emotionally. You go from, I need enormous amount of willpower to do something. And you get into a state where this is what I do. This is just who I am. Emotionally, you become more comfortable with this new activity. First time you dip your foot into the water, it's not just that your, your, your body is cold. Emotionally, you're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. It's going to be. You're emotionally, you're not at ease or at peace with the decision to go into the water. It's not just that your brain says go in or don't go in. It's your emotional state. Now, if in that water, you're like, I don't know if I can, if I can't, it's an emotional decision, if you will. If you found out that on the bottom of the water was $50 million, since you value wealth, we all value having stuff. All of a sudden, your emotional state is, I'm going in. Of course I'm doing this. It's worth it. Your brain is, in both scenarios, your brain says, I want to go in the water. In both scenarios, your foot touches the water and it's cold. What's the difference between scenario one, where you're just going into the pool and you're not sure because it's 68 degrees and the water's freezing, and the second time where it's this, this $50 million, it's not your mental state. It's your emotional state. And your emotions, which is really, a, it's in your brain, obviously, but your emotions is a different sense of what's important. It's like it, it taps into your values. It's a different sense of what you need to do. What's optional and what's mandatory for my life now? The person who is smoking pack a day and then walked out of the hospital room of someone of his age who just died of cancer, goes home and sees his kids, still is addicted to smoking. His brain's been telling him to stop smoking for 20 years. His body is still addicted to the nicotine. What's changed? It's his emotional state. It's his desires have changed. His awareness, which we'll delve into, but his ability to sort of see the world differently and want different things, the value, the pecking order. Now it starts becoming an option. It starts becoming mandatory to his life. Now, when it comes to change, the, one of the great mistakes that we make in change is that we think that change is for the things that we do wrong. 
it is, but not exclusively. Change is in some cases more for the things that we do right. You see, what happens to us is that whenever we get into a moment of change, if you're following the Jewish calendar, you're going to get into that high holiday zone. If you're following the secular calendar, you're right. We're right now like too early for change. We're like in early August. You got to give it at least three more weeks. Labor Day time is when people are like, I got to go back to work. I got something like this. It's like, these are like the Labor Day is a big change moment. You know, the holiday season is a big change moment on the secular calendar. The beginning of summer-ish is the big change moment. So depending on what calendar you're in, you're either a little bit ahead of the party or you're almost at the party. But either way, we got some time. But the truth is that summer is the best time to change because summer is a time where your typical life is not killing you. On a regular normal day in November, you're fully in life. Regular normal day in August, you got some time to breathe. So if there's ever a time, it's now. When we look at change, because we're constantly aware of our weaknesses, we think that weaknesses is where we have to put all our attention to. But the challenge of the weaknesses is that it requires so much of an emotional investment to make that change that it's, it's exhausting for us. And so we take a step in, we cut the ribbon, and then we end up going back to where we are. If you want to discuss change, we have to begin in the world of what I'm good at. Because there are things in life that I'm already bought into. There are things in life that I'm already emotionally connected to. I'm just not fully bought in on them. I've bought in to maybe how I eat or who I interact with or spirituality or my family or, 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 or my career. I've already bought in to being honest. I've already bought into integrity. I've already bought in, if you will to certain values. And in those values that I'm bought in on, I'm good. I'm not great because greatness requires a lot of effort. But I'm emotionally bought into it. I'm just not able to be amazing at it because good is good enough. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's working, right? I don't, I don't know how it works now. I guess with your phone, it works like that. I guess so. It's like when you have your phone. I don't know if those of you have this experience. You get your new phone and you just like use it the way you use your old phone. And then like there's someone in your house who's a decade younger than you, who's like showing you all the stuff that you can do with your phone. You're like, whatever. Does it have WhatsApp? Like, okay. Like, I'm good. And like, no, you're not good because the guys at Apple just spent like, you know, $50 million adding these features to this new app and to do this and the phone could do this. And you're like, yeah, wonderful. Like, does it have WhatsApp? Because you're living, we're all living in the last version. And then someone's like, how's the new phone? You're like, that's all right. I'm like, I don't know. The picture's a little nicer, I guess. It's okay. It's got WhatsApp. And that person who's holding is saying to you, like, do you have any idea how much more this thing can do? And you're like, yeah, no, nah, I don't. I just, it's like, you know, this could like, you could just talk and Siri pops up now. You could set these shortcuts where like, it'll work for you. 
This is apps that can shut it off and turn it on. You can program it that only certain people phone rings. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I, I'm using it the way I used my first ever iPhone. Just I can make a phone call, which I almost never do. I can use WhatsApp, my email, and like I'll take a picture. Like, I don't know. And then whatever apps I have, I can have. But like, I don't know what you're talking about. Shortcuts and it turns on and it turns off and it tells you how I'm doing. It tells you how I'm breathing. And I could put on a, a watch and it can watch my heartbeat. You're like, relax. Because it's good. And it works. And I'm okay. And I survived last year with this thing at the level that I'm on. So I don't really need to focus my attention on it because there's other things in my way. This stuff that I've already bought into, I've already bought into the iPhone, if you will. I've already bought into it. It's okay at good. And I don't have any more to give to that because I'm being pulled by so many things that if I don't focus on that, it's going to fall apart. And I believe that's a mistake. One of the greatest investors that ever walked the face of the modern era, a man named Warren Buffett, once said it at a shareholder meeting. They asked him about his mistakes. I'll never forget this. It's brilliant. This is why this man is so brilliant, Warren Buffett. He said that because the problem is that the mistakes that I made for Berkshire Hathaway his company are mistakes that you're never going to see because you see, you see the mistakes where I failed. So you see that I bought a company for X and the company went down. We lost money. It was, that's not the big mistakes that happens. That's called life. You have failures, you have weaknesses. Cause let me tell you the mistakes that you're not going to see that are much more impactful because the bets that I made that were right, that I didn't double down on. Because there are companies in the, the, in the annual statement that I bet on. I bought the company at $10 a, a share, and it went up to $40 a share. And we, we made an enormous amount of money. But you see, I only invested $50 million in on it. But I should have invested 100 I should have invested more. And had I invested more money in the good ones, we would have made much more money than the, the losses being avoided. Warren Buffett is teaching us this lesson just in investments. You got to watch your losses. You got to watch your bottom line for sure. But that's not where your attention goes first. If we want to get to the place of change, our intention has to start in the areas that I'm good at. You see, because I'm, I'm already invested there. I'm emotionally connected to it. Maybe not the level that I need, but I'm halfway there. I'm three quarters of the way. I already bought in. I bought into to, to my, my children. I didn't buy into lettuce. I, I bought into lettuce. I didn't buy into my children depending on who you are. But there are areas where 
you've already invested so much into. And we're good at it. But the question is, why aren't we great at it? What are we holding back? That if I really double down, I'd be so much better at this thing. I believe, if you will, in a creator. But if I double down, I'd really have a relationship. I believe in helping people. But if I double down, I'd help people when it's when it hurts. I'd really be a person that helps. I believe in my family. But if I double down, I'd be there for them when it was when it was hard. Let's think about this for a little bit. Starting change by targeting the areas that are good, but not great. All right, we'll talk about it. All right, ready? Think about this today, if you don't mind. Think about an area that you're good at, but really, you should be great at. It doesn't have to be a subject. It could be a value. It could be anything. Just think about it. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.